Hello. Welcome to Life in the Word podcast with Kofi Ayi. Life leaves us with so many questions, yet to all of these questions, there is only one true answer, and this answer is what God says is so. Gifted by God's Spirit and graced with an academic background in Christian theology to teach sound biblical Christian doctrine, join me this and every Monday as we search through the Holy Scriptures to discover God's Word, which gives us the answer that leads to understanding and purpose for life. Now, to today's episode. Hi, it's a great privilege to come your way once again with this episode, Life in the Word podcast. And I'm very much excited to have you listen to the previous episodes, the first and the second, and if you're listening to this one, and for you, if it's the first time you're actually listening on the podcast, um, there's Life in the Word podcast, we are trying to explore and find the Word of God, who is Jesus Christ, within the written text of Scripture. And we, what we've been doing in the past two weeks is... Um, having a look at the overview of the Bible in general. And then we decided to start with the book of Genesis, exploring the book of Genesis, and then seeing what God reveals to us in the book of Genesis. And from last week's episode, which is the second episode, we learned about how certain historical incidents in the Bible portray the person of Jesus Christ. We actually want to continue today with the book of Exodus. And before we do, I'd like to say that, like I've always been stating since I started, I really do not take it for granted that you make time to listen and even go to the extent of sharing this with others. God really bless you that you are going with us on this journey to discover life in the word that is to know the um, person of God to know the purpose of God to know the principles of God to know his promises and obviously to also note the punishments that are there because we're dealing with a just God so welcome once again and God bless you as we go on this journey now today as we begin with the book of Exodus where we left off we left off from the end of the book of Genesis last time and today we are continuing with the book of Exodus we we would then explore in the book of Exodus how the person of God is revealed in the person in, in Christ Jesus who we have already stated is the word of God how God's purpose is outlined or shown to us or revealed in that particular book and then we would also look at how God's principles are on display for his people to know we would then again note his promises and then also know how God met out punishments to people who attempt to obstruct his purpose and agenda pardon me today 
um, I had to actually record this under very, um, let me say, uncomfortable circumstance. So you would hear nature sounds in the background. Um, but we had to come away today. So um, please pardon me. And I'm trusting that as we go on in the subsequent episodes, we'll do I'll do better to get um, a good background or to be in a comfortable background so you'll not be distracted by the noises from around. Shall we have a word of prayer even as we begin today's episode? Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, your Holy Son. We thank you for how far you brought us as individuals and as a people and as um, a community as a life in the word podcast community where we are going on this discovery of who you are who we are what your purpose is for us and how all this translates into the everyday life we live and we know that lord as we go on this journey you yourself will lead us you would guide us you direct us you bring us understanding for lord your word gives understanding and it brings life so we pray in the name of jesus that as we go through the book of genesis we will discover your amazing personality who you are lord we'll discover your purpose lord we'll discover your principles know your promises and god also take note of your punishments so that we'll be able to live life the way you would have us live it to the glory of your name in the name of your blessed Son and Savior, Jesus Christ, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Okay, so we will zoom in straight into the book of Genesis. I mean, sorry, the book of Exodus. We looked at Genesis last week. And um, for those of you who um, haven't been able to listen to last week's podcast, I humbly entreat you to um look it up i mean um, you can get it on spotify that's the overview of the bible genesis is the second episode we we're continuing from there today in the book of exodus now the book of exodus like its name is actually the book that outlines how god brought it the whole nation of Israel out of the land of Egypt. They did not go into Egypt as slaves, but they exited under the circumstance of um, slaves who are being set free by their God. And um, it all happened, the Bible records that as time went on, Joseph passed on, his brothers died. And about over 400 years, there emerged a pharaoh who knew neither Joseph nor the things that he had done. And so he actually got worried about um, about the people, the increasing number of the people of Israel, and feared that their number would grow so much that they would, they would um, sort of form an alliance with their enemies and then fight them that is 
the Egyptians. So they set them on the course of slavery where they were being forced to do a lot of work. And he enacted rules like um, getting the male children that were born killed so that there will be some sort of discontinuity to the lineage of the people of Israel. And when you look at this agenda, this agenda actually goes in the direction of trying to distort God's main plan or trying to hinder God's purpose. Because mind you, God had made a promise to Abraham. He had said that he would make a great nation out of his descendants and he would make them fruitful such that they would multiply and they would be like the sand on the seashore and also like the stars in the sky. So this agenda that this Pharaoh decided to implement was actually an obstruction to God's perfect will and plan for the people of Israel. And so the people, having cried out to God for this new state they found themselves in, then God steps in. The Bible uses um, phrases and sentences like God remembered his promise. And um, since we are discovering the person of God, I, I just want to highlight the uh, interpretation and our understanding of the use of such um, statements and what it actually means. So God, we know that he knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning. I mean, when we come to the episode where we are studying God or where we are sort of like discovering God based on the revelations that he's given about himself, we would go deeper on this. But just to touch or scratch on the surface for the purpose of what we are discussing, God is, um, when God says that, when the Bible says God remembered, it doesn't necessarily mean, it doesn't mean actually God forgot. It simply means that um, now the purpose and the plan of God or God was ready to implement the purpose and his plan for the people of Israel and the time was up just for that to happen because God does not forget. These um, statements or these words are used in the context to make human relation with God meaningful. So we, we look at it from our perspective and that is why we would use or the author of the book will use words like remembered but it doesn't certainly mean that God actually forgot because God never forgets. God knows everything and when the Bible even uses a statement like God forgets or our sins, it, it, it simply means that God makes a decision not to use any of our past events against us. So we would look at the book in two parts. We would look at um, the first part that is um, mostly from, I think it's chapter 1 through to chapter 18. This, that, I mean, chapter 1 through to chapter 18 looks at how God brings his people out of Egypt. So actually his deliverance from the land of Egypt. And then from chapter 19 all the way to 
chapter 40 focuses on God's covenant with his people and how his people were in some ways rebellious and did not conform or did not commit to the covenant and what happens, how God sets up his um, tent amongst his people to be with them, showing his purpose as stated earlier of what he wants to do with his chosen people, Israel. So looking at the first part, like I've said, in, 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 in this time of slavery, what God actually does is that God chose to spare the life of one, one boy. Um, he does that through the wisdom of his mother, this boy Moses, whose mother um, puts him in a basket and then puts him on the river now. He's discovered by the daughter of Pharaoh. And then Moses grows up in um, grows up in the palace. He grows up in the palace. He learns the literature because um, Egypt was a civilized nation, civilized in quote. Um, I used I used that word carefully. But comparing it to the I mean the nations of, of the day I mean they had it because they had the technology to build um, the pyramids as we know it and um, also well, as a matter of fact it was a well structured um, nation so um, Moses had the opportunity to learn but um, something happened um, in his attempt to save his people Israel by himself and by his way again what happens is that he commits murder murder sorry and then out of that he um, because of that he flees from the land of Egypt into uh, the land of the Medians where we later discover that he gets married and stays for another 40 years and i believe that in the in the 40 years the lord was preparing him for the task that he wanted to prepare him for we see in moses as a deliverer another revelation of the person of christ that god sends a deliverer from amongst his chosen people to come and deliver them god was leaving cues throughout history to reveal what he was going to do in all of time and what he was going to do in the passing of jesus christ so moses in a way is a typology of christ and you see him as one that is set apart to be a deliverer in he goes into the wilderness for 40 years christ is in the wilderness for 40 days um, and you see those parallels i mean they give cues to let you know that what god did in christ when we come to the new testament was actually foreshadowed in the lives of the people he chose in the old testament and moses is a perfect example of such 
So Moses is called by God to, as it were, go back to the land of Egypt. That is after 40 years in the land of the Midians and is charged to go to Pharaoh and then ask Pharaoh to set the people of God free. But we know that in the encounter with with God that is in the burning bush, one of the things that is phenomenal is um, how God introduces himself to Moses. He introduces himself as the Holy God and that the presence and the place where the, the bush was flaming but not burning, he he tells Moses is a is holy ground and he's not supposed to come with his sandals. And then he introduces himself to Moses to tell the people that he is the I am that I am, um, the existing one. And that is amazing to have God introduce himself to Moses. So we discover who God says he is through how he reveals himself to Moses. We also see how he uses his, or how in his power, he he manipulates nature to serve as a sign that he is the one who had sent Moses to go on the course of, or the path of delivering by turning Moses' staff into a snake and then making him look like a leper in the arm or in the hand on the hand and this was how Moses was to let the people know that he had been sent by God because these things are things that only someone with a greater power than ordinary human ability could enable you to do so Moses sets out on the course he goes and God chooses Moses' brother Aaron to be an aid to Moses on this quest to get Pharaoh to release the people. Now you look at, like I have said earlier, you look at what Pharaoh did and you clearly see um, a repetition of the event of Babel where when God has set the plan that man should be fruitful and multiply and fill the surface of the earth which is his original plan according to Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 you see Pharaoh trying to hinder God's people from being fruitful from multiplying by the rules that he set and so now you see that um, opposition to God's will Pharaoh wanting to have his way and then God's purpose also having to have its way or happening as God has intended it to be. So God sends Moses in there and Moses is to go to Pharaoh and then to tell Pharaoh that, listen, God wants his people to leave. He wants you to set his people free. But as it were, in, in the book of Exodus, you also come to the discovery that several times Pharaoh would harden his heart. And um, Pharaoh had a hard heart. And at a particular point in time, after especially the fifth plague, we realized that God now hardened Pharaoh's heart even the more. 
And there's a lesson I want us to pick in here. The lesson is that, you see, when we are bent on pushing our will and our agenda, there is a point where we can come to that God himself can lead us on to the hardness of heart. And Paul makes reference, or Paul Paul states that in, in the book of Romans, in the book of Romans, he talks about the fact that at a particular point in time when the people refused to acknowledge God and who God is and what he was doing, God led them into the hardness of hearts, into depraved minds. And so that is one thing that is revealed about the God we serve, that when we are bent on pushing our will and our agenda and he keeps prompting us with events or with things around to, to or even sometimes with um, tight situations or pressing situations, frustrating situations, just to get us to repent and come to him. And if we, we, if we keep ignoring that, we can come to the point where he himself will lead us into the hardness of heart. And the final repercussions are very devastating, as we'll see with Pharaoh. So, God, we once again see Pharaoh hardens his heart, is not willing to let God's people go. He actually intensifies the punishment for them. And Moses keeps going back to God and saying, God, you asked me to come. And actually the people even got angry with Moses that he had come to cause them even worse circumstances than they, they originally found themselves in. And God now goes into the mode of delivery mode or mode of delivering his people, deliverance mode, if I should say. And he begins with the plagues, the turning of the Nile into blood, the frogs, the, the I mean, dust into nuts, flies all over Egypt, and the ones that follow the killing of the livestock. You know all that all that followed and we then again see the manipulation of nature the manipulation of nature in there showing that God is in absolute control of creation and everything we, we saw that in the book of um, Genesis when we when when the floods came he is able so he's able to to cause the the floodgates as it's called of the earth to be to be opened up and water gushing out and then filling the surface of the earth we see that and that is that is a place of control that is a place of authority showing that God has authority you you'd see that some of the things that he Moses did earlier the signs that God had given Moses the Egyptian magicians in their craftiness were also able to replicate some of those actions but there's a point which they could go and especially when it got to when uh, Moses um, had to strike his, his staff had to be uh, to strike the sand or the dust to turn into nuts they they looked at it and said no this is there's a hand of God we can't we can't do this and that is clearly shown now after this Pharaoh, several attempts and Pharaoh would say, okay, I'll let your people go and he wouldn't keep to his promise. Then you find out what happens. The thing that happens is that 
God brings him to the point where he, Pharaoh, wants to kill Israel. That is God's firstborn son. So God intends to kill Pharaoh's firstborn son. And this is the thing that breaks Pharaoh and says that now I'm letting the people go. But the event that happened as he was going to kill or that was going to lead to the death of Pharaoh's son is one th- one thing that we need to look at critically because it forms a, it forms a foundation sort of of the sacrificial work of Christ the choosing of a male lamb and then the killing of it the smearing of the blood on the doorpost such that when the angel of death came he would pass over which initiated the Passover feast, the eating of the unleavened bread, you know, that is, it became a fundamental, let me say, covenantal, covenant event that throughout the history or the religious history of the people of Israel, they identified as a way, something to remember, something that the Lord did. And that that event actually foreshadows what Christ was going to do on the cross. What Christ was going to do on the cross and how death itself was to pass over or how the blood of the Lamb was to overcome death, especially for the people of God. So we, we take note of the past over the killing of the blood of the Lamb, the shedding of His blood, the eating of the unliving bread and that's that's a very significant event in the life of the people of Israel now they have been set free to go and Pharaoh once again as if the death of his son was was the thing for the thing that sealed or ended the hardness of heart no it didn't stop there he actually pursued God's people and then again, we see God's mighty control over nature, the splitting of the Red Sea, the people passing through, and the, finally what he does to end Pharaoh and break him down is when he causes the oceans to come back and then swallow the army of Pharaoh. Pharaoh himself got saved. He himself was, I mean, fortunate to be saved. And that is what happens to or that's what happened to him. God delivers his people. Now he brings them to Mount Sinai, a place where he, God, was going to give his covenant to his people. And so now that he had brought them out of slavery, he had expressed, and he has been with them through the deliverance process, through the place, he had shown himself as one who was with them by the pattern of the Red Sea, he had proven himself as one who lived amongst the midst of his people. They could not see him, but his actions were evident and it, 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 it went a long way to buttress Moses' claims that God was with them. So we, we are told that he was with them as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of cloud by night. and. He bring, they are brought to Sinai where now Moses 
goes up the mountain to meet God and then brings God's holy laws. The holy laws which, or the holy law, what is called the law, which was going to be the covenant, the basis of the covenant between God and his people. Now, he had proven himself, he had revealed himself that this is the kind of God that I am. But the people had to now relate with him the way they ought to relate with him. Mind you, I had said earlier on that when he revealed himself to Moses, he made Moses know that he is a holy God. And so as a holy God, he he was a God who would show at, at the same time, show mercy to his people. But then at the same time, he was showing justice by bringing his wrath on Egypt and on Pharaoh and his people. So you see the mercy of God and you see the justice of God on display. And that reveals the person of God or who God is in the life of the people of Israel. The law is given now at Sinai. Unfortunately, Moses comes down to find out that the people have, um, who haven't waited for long had made a God for themselves. And it's obvious that this they had learned from the people or the land of Egypt. They, the land of Egypt had several gods and these gods were manifested in a physical image. In one way or the other, they were manifested in the form of physical image as idols or crafts. And it's interesting that you find in the law of God that his people were never to make a representation of him in any form or in any image in the commandments that he gave them. They were to know their God. Their God was not to be seen or he wouldn't be seen physically among them, but the evidence of his actions, his provision for them was supposed to be the evidence to the nations that they, are, they had a God and that would distinct their God. And so he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that you cannot see, but the God whose actions are evident amongst his people. All the other nations around presented their gods in some form of image, but the, 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 the people of Israel were to have their God not represented in any image. Now, another thing about the people of the day is the people discovered or made their gods, but for Israel, their God chose them. And that is the unique thing, or that's the thing that makes this our faith special, that we do not go choosing our God. Our God finds us and chooses us just as he chose the people in the nation of Israel. So God gives the covenant now and just like people, you consistently see that his people want to go their own way. There are several events that also happened in the Exodus journey that reveal the passing of Christ. Like um, there, there are in some texts, there are some allusions to the, the rock that Moses had struck that gave water as representing Christ, representing Christ, and um, as a rock 
through from whom comes living springs of, of water but I mean obviously if if that allusion is made to Christ it, it makes sense in the sense of who Jesus Christ is to um, his people he gives life and if water is a representation of life in the midst of or in the place of thirst and dryness then Jesus Christ is our living water that gives us life or gives us quenches our thirst in this in this life so we see that in there we also see the erection of the bronze snake which is later in the new testament uh, um i mean it's 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 pointed as one that foreshadows what christ is going to do that everyone that was to lift up their heads and look at the bronze snake as it it hung on the pole or it was on the pole would be relieved from the the snakes the poisonous snakes that were biting the people and then causing them to die that is christ became sin on the cross so that we sinners when we lift up our eyes and look unto him we would have salvation so that is another way or another place in the book of exodus that christ is revealed now i want to quickly touch on the second part of the book of exodus where the i mean now god has brought his people out and then god has made a covenant with his people but his people continually flouted so we see that this time around god had proven himself to be amongst his people and he 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 made that evident through the selection of some skilled and crafted people to build um, a tent a tent that was supposed to be a for let me say a foreshadowing of the temple the temple which was supposed to be the dwelling place of god signifying that god was in the midst of his people and we realize that the in fact the the description the dimensions to that was so precise and it was given by God and he actually gave gifts to people or endowed people with with ability to be able to build to build that and it was up to precision and that that shows that shows the holiness of God and that shows how God distincts himself and how he wants things done in a very orderly manner the kind of God the people of Israel had as their God and then he also gives them um, wisdom to craft the ark. The ark signifying somewhat of the presence of God in, in his throne room in heaven. And the law was put in the ark. Now I want us to know that the tent that was built, the tent and the ark are typologies of Christ himself. Because then when you look into the new testament and you understand that jesus christ was going to be called emmanuel god with us and then you see that these symbols were symbols that were to show that god dwelt with his people then the ark the tent in itself foreshadows the passing of christ so historically god sets those things as a means to show his people that he was with them 
But the mystery behind it is that those things were actually in reference of who Christ is to be throughout all time for the chosen people of God. And the book of Exodus ends by letting us know that when this tent is built, Moses himself is not even allowed to go into this tent because God has chosen it to be a holy place. And that is where the book of Exodus brings us to, leading us to the next book, that is Leviticus. What happens when the tent has been built, showing that God lives amongst his people? So, recapping everything that we have learned, we see how God steps in to deliver his people. By now, they had been in Egypt for 400 years and they had become a great nation. So, God it shows how God delivered his nation out of another nation and how in a day, he leads out millions of people oh, yes, from the nation of Egypt. We see God's command over nature by the manipulation of nature as a way to punish or to met out justice to his people showing justice on his justice and his judgment on Egypt but his mercy on the other hand on the people of Israel he's the God who says that I choose to have mercy on who I want to have mercy on and he's having mercy on Israel and he's bringing judgment on Egypt Egypt also signifying how God is to deliver his people from human wisdom, human reign, human rule, the world into um, his safe promise and how he, he gave them his law, his law showing the covenant that he wants to have with them, how the blood of the lamb was shed and this will make you understand when Jesus Christ is called the Lamb of God because he's given that name because that points to something. The, the salvific, what I call the salvific elements that God had revealed through his interaction and his relationship with the people of Israel that were his chosen people. So this is where we, we would bring this today. And um, like we finally say, um, God delivers his people and then God has a covenant with, with his people. But his people always go back to their own ways. And we saw that in Genesis. We saw that in, um, we saw that in, in Adam and Eve. We saw that in, even sometimes in Abraham. We saw that in Jacob himself who later became Israel out of whom all these people had descended. And we kept seeing that every time God wanted to show faithfulness to people, people showed some form of unfaithfulness. But then God always had a way to draw his people back to him. And all those ways, all those ways that God would bring would point out, we find out that it points out to Christ in the future on the New Testament and what God was going to do with Christ. I trust that you've been you've been blessed um, hearing this today. We have seen the passing of God, His holy nature, justice and mercy revealed. We have also seen His purpose for His people, that He would 
bring his people and make a great nation out of them, out of whom he would bring his that one person who would unite all the nations and bring the nations together under this one God. And how God reveals this in the life of the people of Israel. And then again, we see the principles of God, even in the commandments that he gives his people. We see how he wants his people to relate with him. We also see the promises of God, how he promises to protect, keep his people and to bring them into the land that he had promised, the land that flows with milk and honey. And then we see God's punishment on display for people who set up or who set themselves up to obstruct God's purpose and agenda. And all these things become a revelation to us about the fullness of a person. We see that all these things culminate in the person of Christ or are revealed in the person of Christ. And I hope this carries us through as we reflect. We may want to read through the book of Exodus and see how this picture spans out and jumps out to you. Then you would understand the interaction of God and his people and what the purpose of that is to be. I would encourage you to, as you listen and are blessed, please do follow us on Follow Life in the Word podcast on our Telegram channel and group that's um, Lit Word Podcast Community. And then also you can um, direct your friends to listen on Spotify and follow us on Spotify as well. God bless you that you keep making time to listen. Have a blessed week. Remember this week is Christmas week. And uh, I'm hoping to come your way on Christmas Day with a special message. Until then, may the Lord keep us, bless us, and guide us. I love you. The peace of the Lord be with you. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you are blessed by the message today. This podcast is brought to you by Busy Salt Incorporated, a non-profit Christian organization that is committed to reaching communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ and carefully discipling through detailed Bible teaching to prepare every believer of the gospel to meet Jesus Christ our Lord on his glorious return as King to rule the nations. Let's get interactive on our Telegram channel at Lead Word Podcast Community where you can share your questions and concerns on what we share on this podcast. You can also follow our social media handles on the various platforms at Kofi Ayi. Kofi Ayi is the author of the book, Why I'm a Christian, a book detailing the life and purpose of who a Christian is to be. You can get a copy of the book on Amazon.com or send us an email to order on info at busysaltinc.com. It was a blessing to come your way with a message today. Tune in next Monday for the next episode. God's peace and love to you. Goodbye for now.